You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to episode 45 of Heart and Soul. We're back. We're back, baby. It's just us two today. Um, We hope you enjoyed the last two weeks of guests. Yeah. I thought they were really yeah, they were really awesome. awesome episodes. We got some good feedback. Everyone was really receptive of having a man yep. on the podcast. We didn't get any hate mail. No so hate. Good. Um so Kevin was awesome. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go check it out. He is super well spoken and makes the creative life he explains being a creative entrepreneur in a very like realistic way and gives yes. you like uh, what I think are very applicable tips that anyone can use. So Absolutely. I even went back and re-listened to it because I was like, ooh, this is good. And I made Michael listen to it. So that's a good one. Awesome. Um, how are you doing? Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, ironically, you know, not great because going in line with today's episode topic which we'll get to yeah so which I you probably already see you've probably already seen in the um title at this point yeah what's I always forget that we yeah, like title it and like like oh know. let's not give it away when we're talking in the intro I'm like meanwhile and it's like with blah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna tell you who's the guest but they're coming soon <laughs> like we can read it yeah <laughs> sometimes we just don't think things through too much yeah which and that's why we're talking about anxiety today (laughs) yeah stress and anxiety I feel like this time of year especially is when it yeah it hits like a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. the holiday season it's weird there's like each season brings up different anxieties which I think we should touch on they're very different I could talk about this all day so I'm pretty excited for yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be Gucci we were going over yesterday some topic ideas and Catherine sent me like a list of them (laughs) and I want to tell them the first so the first one yeah she sent us a list or she sent me a list of things to choose from that we would talk about today because we knew it was going to be just the two and I and the the first one on the list was must read books (laughs) and I read that first line and all I responded back with was well, the first one is out because I literally don't read. <laughs> and I said, same. So I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I was like, I feel like she doesn't really either. So I'm not sure why I have why not read a is... full book in two years. I've Like I've picked either. up books, read two chapters, set them yeah. down. They're all over the house. Me too. I have such great intentions, but then I just set them right back down. I read one book last year. It was The Light We Lost and it was great, but it took me like all summer. Oh my gosh, it takes me forever. I think that's and why then, I don't like to read. Unless I'm like going on a trip and I have to like sit around in an airport or like on I a know beach. I'm going to be on a beach. Yeah. Otherwise I'm like, I'm going to listen to a podcast. A podcast. Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. Listeners. You're welcome. <laughs> we guys. are your new books. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's kind of sad, but. It Michael's is a reader. Is. He orders a different book on Amazon weekly. Wow. Yeah. We eventually, if we get a house, we're going to have to build like a library in the house for like all the books that we'll have by the end of our life. Yeah. I do like, if I get a book, it's going to be a hard copy. Like I love flipping To feel it. Pages. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so that's not our topic that's today. That's not our topic today. It's we, probably more so on the realm of anxiety about not reading books. 
Yeah. There you have it, friends. The, the reason we don't read is because of our anxiety. Well, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we actually got a review of the week this week. Yeah. Thank you. And her name is beautiful. It's Mary Catherine. So shout out to you, Mary Catherine, with a <laughs> smiley face. Her subject says, must listen. And she said, Chelsea and Catherine, you are now my big sisters. I love listening to your podcast, especially when I need advice. I love learning about how to navigate this crazy world from the two of you. I admire you both so much and absolutely love your choice of guests. I find that your podcasts give me the advice I need exactly when I need it. I feel like your best friends. There have been many times where listening to the two of you be authentic yet positive has made my day. I can't thank you enough. I've been listening since I found you through the Pop of Health episode and love everything you girls stand for. Love San Francisco. Love from San Francisco. Every time. Every time they're every in a time. different location, I like want to freak out. I know. So I'm gonna freak out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mary Catherine. Catherine. You're so sweet. And we. I don't know how old you are, but I will be your big sister. Yes. And your best friend. I love that. It, isn't it such a weird feeling reading those reviews and being like wow people listen listen not only do they listen but like it really means something to them I know it's so it's so cool Michael went to this event last night at UNCW he was like a judge for um startup like a startup entrepreneur contest Mm -hmm. and he was walking into the auditorium and this girl comes up to him and was like you look so familiar. How do I know you? And he was like, I mean, you probably know my wife, Catherine. She like knows everyone in Wilmington. And she was like, oh my gosh, I do. I listen to Heart and Soul. <laughs> That's awesome. And he um, like called me. He was like, another one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Jordan tells me that all the time. He's like, yeah, people freak out over the podcast. And they're like, That's your wife? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's just. It's weird because we're, we're just sitting we're just in our us. living room <laughs> at my kitchen table looking beautiful we look fantastic we look very no filter right now um (laughs) speaking of no filter should we go through our happies and crappies yeah let's do it okay i have a crappy on tell me saturday well it ends up being a happy as they always do but on saturday so friday night we went out to dinner me and michael because we hadn't had any one-on-one time so we were like let's go on a date we're like, go on a date, and you know when you're, like, in your head, and you almost put so much pressure and expectation on, like, a date that, like, it doesn't go according to plan at all, and then you think the other person hates you, but then you remember they're married to you, and, like, it's, like, a whole, like, downward, <laughs> speaking of anxiety, like, mm-hmm. downward spiral of negative thoughts in your head, and mm-hmm. then, so by the end of the night, I was just kind of, like, in a funk, even though it was fine. Like, I was just convincing myself all these lies. So the next day, I was working an event, but before that, we're like, let's go on a long run and, like, let let it all out. And, you know, that way, you're, when you're standing at this event all day, you feel like you've moved. So it's like, perfect. So we go on this long run, which we haven't done a long, long run in a while. And so we were excited, but as I'm running, the first, like, five miles, I am, like, all up in my head again. So then we pass these two soul girls, and, like, one of them's Kelsey. Like, we love Kelsey. Mm-hmm. She's, like, the face of soul. And yeah. then one of them's Catherine Parker, which, if you're listening, hello, Catherine Parker. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> Catherine Parker's hair was down, which I never see it down, and she had sunglasses on. So I introduced myself. And, like, I know her. <laughs> and I was, like, this funk just keeps getting funkier and funkier. Yeah. And I, like, was, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know who you are. Like, I don't know. It just, you know that feeling of, like, foot in mouth? I don't know. Yeah. I just felt bad. And then... Yeah. Not even a quarter of a mile later, I'm running and I trip on the cement and completely wipe out. 
Like, not just like, oh, ha ha. Like, tuck and roll. Tuck oh, my hands no. underneath. Roll around in the dirt. I have dirt all over me. I ripped my pants um, on the side. I had like these pockets that I had my iPhone in, and the pocket ripped down the center, and my iPhone case broke. And then I at least your iPhone didn't break. I know. I was actually looking at that on my iWatch first. I was like, any any crap. I scratched up my knee. I bruised my butt. It was just like a whole thing. And like Michael was, and I've I've been running for years. I've never fallen. And so it was just like, I think it was just an effect of not being present. Mm -hmm. Michael's like rubbing my back. And I'm like, no, he kind of wants to laugh. And he's like, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not well. (laughs) But I want to laugh too. So then we keep running and I'm like limping. We have like a couple miles left at this point. And we get to the bridge and the drawbridge was up. And usually I'm so upset about that. But I was like, yes, because I could like rest. Take a second, yeah. And we look over the edge and there is this huge, um, not huge, maybe five squad of dolphins. Like jumping through the intercoastal. And we kept like watching them come up and then come down and then come back up again. And I was like. I don't know. It was one of those moments where it, like, the simplest thing of seeing a dolphin changed my complete perspective. Yeah. Because I was so in my head for almost 24 hours. And, like, prior to being in my head, I had met with my friend Summer, who's been on the podcast. She did the Enneagram episode. We went to coffee and, like, caught up. And she was like, yeah, I just feel, she just randomly said, like, I just feel God, like, God speaks to me through nature. Like, I could read the Bible and, like, whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. when I see nature, I'm like, oh, you're, like, wooing me. Yeah. And then I see these dolphins, and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, I love sunsets and stuff, but, like, yeah, I never really thought of that. And then I see these dolphins, and I was like, you're good, yeah. God. Like, because I just needed, like, a little, like, wink in that moment, because I was feeling mm. so blah. Yeah. Anyways, the crappy is that I fell and, like, had a really anxious day. Um, But the happy is that my perspective changed and... Oh, did you hear my stomach? Mm -hmm. (laughs) My perspective changed and I feel, like, refreshed, a little more refreshed. And, like, on Sunday after that, Michael and I had, like, a really good... We got to, like, sleep in. We had church at night, so we, like, slept in and had like a lot of good rest and like had a day together and we went to Zoe's for lunch and got like brought our computers and like did vision planning for the week for like our businesses and also like our marriage and like going on a date and like when we're gonna actually see each other Mm -hmm. and it seemed so like official but it was like so good like that gave me a new perspective of like even if life gets busy which it is really busy right now it's only going to get busier and we can always check in and like prioritize time for what matters yeah. without being too overwhelmed. I was just yeah, really overwhelmed last week and I'm just yeah. thinking like future me having a child and running a business and I'm not pregnant by the way, mm-hmm. but like eventually one day yeah. I was just like, it's only going to get harder. Yeah. Well, that's what anxiety is, right? Yeah. Fear of the future. Yeah. Fear of the unknown. Which yeah. hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I don't even know. Like, my happy is that my perspective is different, but my crappy is that I was in my head. Yeah, I can totally get that. Speaking of, I feel like I have a lot. Um, so I'll try not to ramble too much. But speaking of Godwink, mm-hmm. I definitely had one this week. 
I finally went to the dentist. This is really embarrassing, but it had been like years. Since it's been I a year went. and a half since I've been. Like really long time. Mm-hmm. And that's for a couple of reasons. One is just like, I feel like once you graduate college, the years literally blink by and mm-hmm. you just, that's not, <laughs> it was just never something that I held high on my priority list for a stupid reason. Um, Same. But I've always had like really bad anxiety about the dentist and I know most people do. So I'm not trying to like, you know, be like, woe is me, poor me. Mm-hmm. But I had a couple instances in my past that added to that anxiety. And one of them was that when I was young, probably like middle school or elementary school, my dentist was on drugs. She was like taking her own laughing gas when she oh was going gosh. through a really rough time. And I had like a really strange experience in the chair. And I remember going home and telling my mom and being like super creeped out. And funny side story, my mom ended up confronting her, helping her go to rehab, and then ended up being her matron of honor when she got remarried. You're joking. No. That is such a Cindy move. It's completely my mom. Yeah. So anyway, so there was that. And then years later, when I was like 18 and I got all four wisdom teeth out, um, I got an infection. But I also, for months after, and still to this day, I had really bad jaw issues Mm. where like they had clamped my jaw open too far for too long. Like they definitely messed up something because it wasn't normal. I had to go back for the infection. Then I had to go back after I healed because I literally couldn't open my mouth. And so what happens sometimes is, like, when I'm sitting in the dentist chair for too long with my mouth open, I'll get locked jaw. Yeah. And it hurts. That hurts really so bad. bad. Yeah. And so I just didn't have great experiences, you know, dentally, I guess, <laughs> whatever the word is. And so <clears throat> finally Jordan was like, you have to go. Like, you have to make an appointment. And he had found one that's, like, within walking distance of our house. So I finally made an appointment and I was like so stressed because then after a certain point, you're just like embarrassed to go because it's been, it's a been long so time. long. Yeah. And then it's like this cycle of That's being That's how I am right now. I'm in the like, uh, I don't want to go. And then yeah. tell me it's been so long. And yeah, exactly. So I went and, you know, did my x-rays. I sat down in the chair for my cleaning. And I knew it was going to be bad. I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have so many cavities. This is going to be terrible. They're going to hate me. I sit down and... The hygienist comes in and she starts chatting with me and prepping me for cleaning and everything. She's like, where are you from? I told her I'm originally from New York, but I lived in Raleigh for high school. She asked where I went and we start chatting and she's like, where did you go? What dentist did you go to? And I told her the one that I used to go to in Raleigh and she was like, that's where I know you from. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, I was the hygienist there. I was your hygienist. I remembered your name. Whoa. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And then like when I looked up and saw her, I totally recognized her. So I felt like comforted. So much more comforted. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Like that's so cool. It was such and then I walked out of there like, huh, wow, like thanks, God. <laughs> because I was so nervous. Nervous and like embarrassed. And anyway, so teeth are clean. I didn't have any cavities. Um, and nice. I made my next appointment for six months. So I feel like an adult. Yeah. That's a very adult move. Really good about it. Apparently there's this dental office that one of my soul girls goes to over near Wrightsville that like, mm-hmm. which I don't really understand, but they like serve you wine. And I'm like here for that. I mean, <laughs> yes. Right? So she was like, you got to go. They but like how? Massage We're... chairs and they serve you wine. And I'm like... Maybe before your uh, Maybe before, I guess, in the waiting room. So... Because, huh. like, people get anxious. So it, like, calms yeah. them down. So okay. I'm going to schedule my appointment there when I, whenever I schedule an appointment. Yeah. Nice. 
Um, so anyway, that was my little God wink of the week. Um, my I have a few happy, so I'll just start with crappy, I guess. Um, I have to take Wrigley to the vet tomorrow. She's got swollen ears, so that's definitely a crappy. Mm-hmm. Two is that um, I'm just... I'm not like super overwhelmed at the moment because I shoot my my last wedding of the year on Saturday, and so I know that a down season is coming, and I'm gonna be able to re- recoup from it. But I'm also just nervous about next year because I have a lot on the table, and it's gonna look a lot different than this year. This is obviously something that we'll talk about in today's episode because it's a thousand percent related, but. Going from this year of kind of like transition, stepping into my business to a full packed year of my business, I'm just nervous about how I'll be handling that as a business owner, as a Mm -hmm. wife, as a friend, um, all the things. So that's been on my mind a little bit. Or happy is one, my nephew got to go home this weekend. He had been in the NICU for a couple of weeks and now he's home and his brothers finally got to meet him and it was the cutest thing in the world watching them bring him in and I was like sobbing and so when we go to Raleigh we'll get to meet him. Are you going this weekend for a wedding? Okay. Mm -hmm. Kaylin said she was going with you. She is. Yes. Kaylin is my intern. She'll be there at the wedding. Um, So yeah, Jordan's going to come with me and we're going to squeeze in a a little date with baby Leo. Yes. And then my last happy is that we launched a giveaway to the next Prosper workshop yesterday. And I did this last time as well, but I think I've still grown a lot since that. And the response has been incredible. Like Mm -hmm. I have gotten so many entries, so many messages, so many um, comments of like why these women want to come and just hearing all of their aspirations and like reasonings for it has been really, really cool. It's been cool reading the the comments below. Yeah, it makes me feel really excited for it. And I, I hope that we have a, a packed house. We can only take X amount of seats for like each section of the day. So I, th- I really think they're going to end up going quickly. But if not, and it's, it's just keeps, you know, a small intimate group, I'd still be so excited for that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's still up, and it's going to be open until Monday. The winner will be announced Monday. So if you're interested in winning a free seat to our workshop, head to my profile on Instagram. There's a post. You'll be able to tell which one it is. Click on it. Comment. Share. It's also on our Heart and Soul Instagram. Yes. Right? Well, I said to go to my profile. Yeah. So, like, the actual giveaway is on my profile. Right. But I, I put up a post today about but it. But if you so. follow Heart and Soul, you can get to Chelsea's profile exactly. through that. Yeah. Through the, the link. So, yeah. Just exciting things. It's exciting. Come. I can't wait. It's going to be a really good time. It's going to be even better. Like, I feel like each time it's going to be even cooler. Yeah. It's going to grow and grow. and. Yeah. Just spending, like, last year I did two of them. The first one was super low-key, but I think this year will definitely only be one because mm-hmm. I have a lot going on, and I'm excited for that because then each time it could just keep getting better, and I yeah. can have enough time and energy to like devote to workshop attendees, and then during wedding season, I can just focus on that mm-hmm. and not try to juggle it all, so... It's that's I'm super excited. This is like a cool niche that you've been able to grab onto. Yeah. 
outside of photography to mm-hmm. like empower women. So it's it's gonna be dope. Yeah. And like I was talking to Summer about it because she's been doing a lot of speaking engagements, mm-hmm. and it's been on my heart for like probably three months now of like I want to be a speaker. And I don't know how to do that because every time I do your workshops, I love it. You're so good at it. And I don't feel nervous. I don't, like, I just feel like at home, like, this is kind of one of the things I'm supposed to do. And my mom, um, she came into town for the last month and she went to the sweat and shop and then she went to, she, like, put together a little social media, um, uh, like workshop, I guess it was an hour for her real estate friends here. She was also uh, at the last Prosper workshop, and she was at the last Prosper workshop, and she was like, "Can you speak at this? Because they want to know about social media." And I was like, "Sure." And she was like, "Why aren't you gonna prep?" And I was like, "Well, yeah. I mean, I have my slides. Like, I'm I'm not really that nervous. Like, right." So then I do it, and she was like, "After that, she's like, you are just called to speak." And I keep hearing this over and over again. So that's why I reached out to Summer because I know she's been mm-hmm. speaking, and I'm like, "How are you doing this?" Right. Like, how do I even start? Right. And so we, we're, like, going to come together and encourage each other along this process and, like, kind of open up doors for each other. And if we can do things together, that's great. But, mm-hmm. um, like, somehow use our gifts of speaking to women. Like, she has a very, like – also, I was told by a listener that I say like too much, so I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> she has a very spiritual message of – here's how to, not here's how to, it's not like a how-to guide, but like how to dive in deep with your spiritual walk with God and like your faith essentially. And I have, which is geared towards women and all people. And then I have this message of like body image and self-love and social media and comparison and -hmm. authenticity. And then like we can think of so many other women that we know who have different messages like you with business and empowering women. And mm-hmm. ev- we all have these businesses, but they're all to the same demographic, which is women. Right. So we like thought it would be such a cool idea one day to bring all these resources together and do like a rise conference, you yeah, know, like something yeah. massive like that. Yes. Um, I mean, that's like years in the, in the making, but I was like, how are we going to get started? This is such a tangent. And she was like, well, I don't know. Maybe we just say we're speakers. Yeah. Like, you know how you can make up a title? Yes. And so we both went on our Instagram on Thursday Heck, night yeah. and put speaker in our bio. Going back to that episode of the Just Do It episode yeah. where you just speak it into existence. And I didn't out. tell her I was going to do it. And I did it. I screenshotted it. And I sent it to her. I was like, are you going to do it with me? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And so she added it and screenshotted it. I've been telling you this forever. Like, you were so natural and good. Like, it's not... Like the marketing piece, like sure, I could probably like it's not tell rocket people science. what I do. Yeah, I, for the workshops, like especially that pertains to photographers specifically. But I have you come because one, you're good at more generalizing it a little better to like all sorts yeah. of niches. But two, like you just put it in such a better way that I could ever. Like you make it interesting, it's funny, it's relatable, people are like drawn in and paying attention and they're getting all these juicy little nuggets from it and yeah and I always walk away like gosh she's just so I know and I want to do that with like body image too yeah you know I don't want it to just be social media which is such a huge part of right body image but I don't know like every, when I I see I think of this documentary that was made about soul and 
that night was epic at the at the documentary screening like I was overwhelmed and I spoke in front of everyone I felt comfortable and then it's like the momentum just died like I want to follow through not just for soul's sake but with this message of women love yourselves yeah in like a more broad not broad but like yeah like wider demographic yeah so I don't know how I don't know how it's gonna happen but I'm a speaker now so if you know anyone (laughs) (laughs) I love it um, but Summer was like, okay, so where are you going to speak this next year? And I was like, well, I'm speaking at the Prosper Workshop. Yep. And she was like, well, I have something in March that I could see if you could speak at. And so she's going to check in and see if I can speak on that. So that's two things in 2020. Check it off the goal. I know. That's amazing. That was such a tangent. I'm sorry. No, it was good stuff. But we're all about chasing dreams here. So um, today we're talking about anxiety and stress, mm-hmm. which is very prevalent I would say specifically within our generation and I always teeter-totter on on if it's more prevalent now because it's being talked about more yeah or if it's more prevalent now because of the different pressures that we face with media and Mm -hmm. um the social world we live in and technology and um I think that our comparison we are more prone to comparison because we have so many things in front of us to compare to that mm-hmm. we get more anxious about. So I don't know if it's like just our generation, but I, I do know that anxiety is being discussed more. Yes. And so the more it's discussed, the more I realize that everyone struggles with it in some capacity. Right. It almost, ha- it almost is like a, a buzzword too. Yeah. I try to use it lightly because it's, it's serious, yeah. Because it is serious, yeah. But I do think it, it's all of those things contribute to it. And I also think that part of our like day and age is that everything is so fast and instant where there's this urgency to do, to be, and to just constantly be like one step ahead of mm-hmm. the game, if that makes sense. Like it's pressure. Yeah, and I think that contributes to it more so than like I don't know, social media and comparison. I think it's more like just this this urgency to we yeah. should be doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it all it all comes full circle. Right. Um because it can it can go so many different ways from comparison of oh, I should have this job by now. I should be married. I should be having children because this, this person, person and this, this person, person yeah. are but then again, you know, is that comparison or is that just what we've been told? Mm-hmm. It's probably just a mix of all of it. It's mm-hmm. just one big mixing pot of all these pressures in one. And I, I, I do appreciate about our society or our generation being more outspoken about it. A hundred percent. Because I think it makes people feel less alone and... I I think it promotes healing when we actually let it out and talk about it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a starting place to heal. But I do like when we when we're talking about anxiety right now, I do want you to know that we're not doctors. Yeah. Like we're not professionals. We have both had happenstances with anxiety before, but um we do know that it's not as severe as what other people are going through. So Yes. We, we don't take this topic lightly as like, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious, I'm worried. But mm-hmm. we know it's a severe thing and, and we just want to try and 
bring it to the light even more and make it a topic of discussion that's comfortable for people. So, yeah. Um, there's no, I guess there's no way to quantify it really because it it is different for everybody, but I do know like it can be a lot more severe and Mm -hmm. in some instances where people are, are paralyzed from it. Right. I feel blessed enough to not be on that level, but I do feel like it's something everybody struggles with. Yeah. And I don't think it's something that we're not, um, like I, I, we're not immune to it. Like in that one day we might experience something in life that might give us paralyzing anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, Oh, we're free from it because we've gotten this far without it. So life, like we always say, it's just different seasons come different types of feelings (laughs) and reactions to those feelings. So how do you have any specific struggles or scenarios in your life Mm -hmm. where you've really felt heavy with anxiety? I think the season, oh gosh, there's definitely been seasons of peaks, peak anxieties um, that start in probably high school, I guess. High school, not so much. Here and there, more college. Mm -hmm. College was like the first um, exposure to what it really feels like. And when I think back to those years, like I'll still have dreams about missing an exam or signing up for a class at least once a week never going to it and failing it like I think that that anxiety will always live within my mind because more people than not have those dreams yeah the more I talk about it oh my gosh Michael has them I have them once a week seriously I have them about sometimes I'll be back in high school and I don't know why I'm there. Yeah. Like, I know I have a college degree and I like... But you missed a class or I missed something. A class. You didn't take a class. I like, yeah, I can't remember my locker mm-hmm. code. And I'm like, why am I here? I have a bachelor's degree. And I like... Have you ever out. had the one where you're like back in high school and you're like pregnant? No, I have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one's intense. <laughs> like, how am I nine months pregnant? I'm in high school. I do have the, the college ones pretty frequently. And... Whenever I talk about it or I talk about that like phase in my life and why I, I don't miss college, it's because you really are living in a constant state of anxiety because no matter what you do in college, you're never done. done. Like you're <laughs> never you ahead of the game, right? Yeah. So whether you finish your homework or not, there's still going to be the next assignment. There's still the next exam. There's the lab you have to go to, the the club you have, the club meeting you're going to, yep. or whatever it might be, it just was never ending. And I felt trapped. so trapped. And there would be, and I didn't feel supported. Mm. Um, not that, and I, and some of it was just my own fault because I didn't allow myself to ask for help. Like I was one of those students that I hated having to go to the teacher and be like, I don't get this, or like mm-hmm. go to office hours. The very few times I did, it was super helpful, and I wish that I had done it more, but I was, I don't know. I was so used to being this, like, great high school student, and I never needed any help that it just wasn't what I was. Yeah. You thought you could take control of it and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that goes with this problem as a a whole, anxiety and stress. It's like you, you can't always handle it on your own, whether it's talking to somebody 
that's close to you or a professional or just doing something else to help you get out of that state. Like I just didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just lived in my own stress and figured it out and hoped that I would get an A. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just getting through it. Yes. Without really getting through it. Yeah. So that was probably the peak of it. I remember there was one time I was home in Raleigh and I think I was Whenever I'd go home for like weekends or breaks, I would always go to the, my parents' shop to work there. And I think at one point I went in, I was either working or I had just stopped in there to use their printer for something or whatever. And I had had this assignment and I couldn't get it to work and there was like something going on and I, I just was losing it. Like my heart was beating out of mm-hmm. my chest. I couldn't breathe. And I remember my parents being like, oh my gosh, it's okay. Like you're gonna, we're going to help you. We're going to get through this you're gonna figure this out and I I think that was my first like actual anxiety attack yeah like a panic attack I was freaking out um so that's probably the worst I've I've felt of it now it's more ebbs and flows um and it's like the more I'm someone with a lot of drive and a lot of ambition and, and sometimes I wish I could just shut that off so that I could finish this one task and feel really good about it before I'm on to the next. On to the next thing, but that's just how I am. It's just mm-hmm. how my brain works. And so I do live in that a lot, but it's almost, sometimes it's a healthy way because it pushes me to accomplish things and and go after goals. And then other times I wish I had the ability to rest in the present. Yes. I'm very so, bad at that as well. Yeah. So, you know, I had all these ambitions of taking my business full time and I did that this year and now I've booked almost 20 weddings for next year and that's amazing. I'm so excited about that. And now my next problem is, okay, now how am I going to live out that year and serve my clients the best that I can and continue booking for the next year and what what comes after that and what if we have kids and mm-hmm. it's, it's a constant back and forth so some days are better than others I'd say overall my anxiety is better than it has been in the past because now I feel like I'm finally in a place of knowing who I am where I'm at in my life what I do and don't want yeah um especially professionally and and yeah that's kind of where it's exactly what you said earlier it's fear of the unknown yeah you the future yeah which we don't need to worry about because we're in the present. Exactly. But it's this constant rabbit race of, is that mm-hmm. right? the right term? Rabbit uh, hole? Rabbit hole. We just keep yeah. going in and Isn't deeper and rat, deeper. Rat race? Rat race rabbit hole. Thing? It's one of those two things. There's a movie called Rat Race, right? Probably. There's a movie called Ratatouille. <laughs> I think it's called Rat Race. Anyway. So it's just like this, like you, once you start thinking about it, you domino effect go into mm-hmm. all these things in the future that aren't even guaranteed to happen right so why That's are we so stressed out about it but it's our minds what do you think has been your like a highest state in the past and then where where are you at now um well ever since I was a little kid I've always been type a more so especially when it came to education I was always uh, I felt a lot of pressure to get good grades, and that's not from my parents or anything specific. It's just, like, in me. I was the same way. Um, and so I I have these three best friends that I've had my whole life, and they still make fun of me to this day because, like, I would – you know how you had seven minutes in between class and high school to get to the next mm-hmm. class? 
well, like minute four, I would be gone. Like it already on my way to class, sitting at the desk before the bell even rang. And they used to like make fun of me so bad. And I'm, I would just get so nervous that I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. I want to get there early. I want to be prepared. And that's kind of how my brain worked as a child. And, and I think that turned into pressure on myself with grades and sports and all. I was involved in everything. Sports, theater, National Honor Society, debate club. I did all the things. And so I think that's kind of my type A personality and I just let the pressures get to me. But I didn't really experience an an attack until post-college, actually. Same in college to a different level of pressures of education. Yeah. I was always studying. I was always worried about tests. Always, always, always. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, exactly how you felt. I felt like it was inescapable. Yeah. Um, and I had this really good friend in college who used to always say she was anxious and I never, this might be weird, but I never really heard people use that word Yeah. until then. Yeah. And I kept, I remember thinking in my head, she's not anxious. Like we've got well, everything we need, you know? Yeah. yeah. School's hard. But then I remember thinking, well, if she's anxious. Like I have those worries. Am I anxious? And I remember learning the label of anxiety for the first time in college and then I had my, um, during my first job was when I, ex- outside of college, when I experienced the most anxiety. I was working in this corporate environment and I was an event planner for a couple of different clients all over the nation. And I was like the head of these clients and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I just graduated college. I'm right. graduating event planning, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I was so stressed and working super long days and, that turn, it eventually turned into my eating disorder because that was one thing I could control. But during that season of life, I was actually living with my parents and I would go to work at like seven, work all day, work out at the, the gym at our office after, after school, after work, and then drive home and then just cry and like shake and have these like major attacks because I knew I had to go back the next day. Mm. And that's when I first started experiencing no sleep. And I remember one, two specific experiences. One was I had to ship these iPads to a client in Canada for an event on the weekend. So I, FedEx like stresses me out in general. Just mail trips me up. How we can even mail something? Uh, don't even get me started. It's like heaven. Like talking about heaven, I get on this like I can't. I can't even process the fact that mail gets from here. Like Amazon Prime. I ordered a fan last night and it's on its way. It'll be here tomorrow morning. I don't get it. How that even works? I know. So, anyways, I had to e- I had to email. I had to mail these iPads, which are like a pretty big deal. Yeah. So. Something happens with them not being able to get like into the Canadian border because it's an international postage or or something. I missed something. I did something wrong and I took it so personally. I had my mom drive me to the FedEx station and come with me to explain why I felt like what I did was okay and what I need to do to get out of it. Well, on the way to this FedEx station, I am like hyperventilating, like crying so much like panic attack hyperventilating but not knowing that's what it was right and breathing really heavy can't even go into fedex we leave fedex and like we get everything sorted out but still it's late it's not on time it's it's stressful to me and i'm still crying on the way home and this is also at this time in my life when i was losing a f ton of weight and so my 
And my mom thought that I was losing a lot of weight because of stress, which really I was just in an eating disorder and not telling her. So I remember her driving me through the Chick-fil-A line, like, you need to just eat food. Like, let me get you a sandwich and some nuggets, and we'll, I just want you to feel better. I'm worried about you because you're losing so much weight from all this stress. And I break down even further because I don't want to eat Chick-fil-A of all the things. Like, mm-hmm. So that was like my first major panic attack. And then uh, I had moved out of the house about a year later and I worked for a different company, but I was still in my eating disorder and I was driving to church. Uh, I served with the youth group. So it was, a, it was like a Wednesday night. I was driving to church to um, be with the ninth grade girls and it was like a 10 minute drive from my apartment, not far, but I don't even know what started the rabbit trail of thoughts, but I had to pull over because I'm hyperventilating. I'm crying. I feel really hot. My heart feels like it's beating out of my chest. And I pull over and I call a friend. I'm like, I think I'm having a panic attack. And that is so crazy because that same, I pull over, I get control of myself and then I go to youth group. And at that exact youth group, this is a God wink. This they brought in a speaker who was a therapist, a Christian counselor, to talk to the high school students about not just anxiety, but all things high school and pressure. And and I went up to her after and I said, Can I have your card? And that was the therapist that I used until I left. Wow. Until I left Dallas. And and it was shortly after that that I admitted I had an eating disorder and all that stuff because of her. But again, that all started from panic attacks. So I had right. severe panic attacks for those two to three years where I was like in the thick of my eating disorder. And again, I think it's it stems from, which a lot of anxiety stems from, wanting to have control but not having any control. Mm-hmm. And then you just go crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I Right now, I I would still say I struggle with anxiety. I'm prone to it. Yeah. Um, but I do have a better grasp on how to handle it when it happens. But like this past weekend, I do get in my head very often. And when I get to that dark place, it's hard for me to escape that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning as an adult who has learned how to communicate or is learning how to process her feelings, and especially as a wife, how to communicate what's going on inside my head to someone who doesn't necessarily understand. Right. And that's hard. It is. <laughs> it is. And it's it's hard, too, sometimes to talk about it with people that don't necessarily have, especially, like, I feel like Michael and Jordan are, are kind of similar. Like, they're both very Cool, driven, calm, and collected. But, like, calm and chill about things. Jordan can struggle with it sometimes too, but like 95% of the time he's just like, like we were just talking about before the podcast, they hit the pillow at night and they're snoring immediately, Mm, which I'm so jealous of. I cannot do that. I have not slept without like help, an aid of some sort, melatonin, NyQuil since I started with my panic attacks. Yeah. I probably haven't in years either. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't take anything, but I have to like watch TV or something. Yeah. Um, to shut my mind down, but, and I just feel like it's different for us women as well. I think our minds just work a lot differently. We're always concerned with, with everything. Well, we're, we're not good at compartmentalizing things as women because we're very Mm -hmm. emotional. So we feel attached to every single thing. So we can't just focus on one thing in one moment and forget about the rest Mm because we feel attached to the rest. Right. Do you ever see those like 
There's so many good anxiety memes on the tabs. On the no, but there's one that is so funny because I'm like, gosh, I can relate to this. But you always, it's not something that you admit necessarily openly, but you're like, yes, I uh-huh. do that. Where it's like, I don't know exactly what the meme is, but it says something like, you know, me at night, just thinking about that one weird thing I said mm-hmm. to someone like yesterday. Yeah. Like, let me just keep re- replaying this scenario yeah. in my head. <laughs> that is me. Times. And I'm like, yes. I mean. My friend Veronica, who listens to the podcast, which she'll hopefully remember this. One time she told me we were on a run. She was like, a man's brain is like a new window on a desktop. You pull up a new window. Yep. No tabs. It's just fresh. A woman's brain has about 60 tabs yep. along the top, and you can't even see yep. what, what the, the, the title of the website <laughs> is because you've opened so many tabs at once. Yep. I was like, that is the most beautiful. That's the perfect analogy. Accurate description of really our is. brains. Yeah. So thank you, Veronica. Yeah. Because I know you're listening right now. <laughs> it's just... It's so true. We overthink uh, things. Yeah, that's easy to do. Well, I guess we should touch on, okay, we, we've established the fact that that's something that we deal with, uh-huh. but now how... How do we deal with how it? How do we overcome? And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they said something like, um, they were talking about this as well, stress and anxiety, and she said, sometimes I prefer to say that sometimes... Anxiety happens to me rather than I, I am, am anxious, anxious, giving yourself that label. I have anxiety because I know that sounds so millennial and, you know, woo-woo, but it's true. Yeah. Like if, we, if we don't, the more we tell ourselves it's something we are or that we have, the more likely we are to feel those things, mm-hmm. I think. What you say is what you become. Isn't that like a big quote? a big manifestation quote. Mm -hmm. So it goes the opposite way too. If you speak negativity over your identity, Mm -hmm. then you're going to eventually only identify with those things. Michael's big about that too. I'll say, I'm just anxious. He's like, you're not anxious. You're feeling anxious. Yes. But you're not anxious. Yep. Or, you know, anything I say that's negative. It's like, no, that's not who you are. It's how you feel. I'm like, "Mm good. Well, at least you have him too. To point those Yeah. Out. I know sometimes it's like not necessarily what you want I know. to hear in that moment. It's so true. But... I mean, who, what, what identity you believe about yourself turns, it does become how you react to things. So speak truth over yourself. That's something that my therapist, oh, first go to therapy, mm-hmm. pro therapy. If you feel like you are just in the pits and you feel like you're in, trapped in a cycle, I often go back to therapy And it's not something that I don't think I'll ever quit completely because Mm -hmm. it's so helpful to talk to someone who's a professional, who has tools that you don't have, and also who's unbiased to your life, who can like speak what is actually true outside of the narrative you've been telling yourself based off your circumstances. Mm -hmm. So definitely go to therapy. That's a, a huge way. And then second, that something that I did was telling my friends or my community around me so that they could speak my true identity over me when I didn't believe who I was. Because identity's massive. So. It is. Surround your, tell your, tell your close community and then, and then establish roots of truth for, for who you actually are and have them speak that over to you when, over you when you can't 
speak it over yourself when you feel right. trapped. And maybe let them know the things that they can help you with or like the way that they can support you because sometimes it's not necessarily intuitive for yeah and sometimes it's giving you alone time giving you space yeah sometimes you need space sometimes you need just just distraction Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to just talk things through some people like to come up with plans Mm -hmm. like I'm a list maker I like lists feeling overwhelmed with all the things I need to do, I like to make a list and then with that list figure out like what's the priority to get done first and like what I just put on my list that actually doesn't really matter. Doesn't right really now. matter right now. Yeah. That's a really good practical tool. Mm-hmm. Writing it down and having that list. Like today, for example, I had a list of maybe like ten things that I knew I needed to do. And the first one was like, okay respond to the emails sitting in my inbox. I don't like anything to sit more than a day. Um, and then other things that are like on the list, but don't have a deadline that came last. Mm-hmm. And like, once I got those other things done, I was like, Oh, okay. I don't really have that much quote unquote to do. Mm-hmm. And things that you think are going to take forever. Sometimes there are many old tasks mm-hmm. that you can get done faster Mm-hmm. You just overcomplicated them and in right. your head amongst your anxiety. <laughs> going back to that multiple tab thing, I something that's helped my anxiety is to focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Something that we talk about in the workshop actually is is time blocking and batch working where instead of for me as an example, instead of writing this blog, then doing the photos for it, then editing this session, then getting back to this email, then writing this proposal. I'll say, all right, for this hour or these two hours, I'm going to write all the blogs that I have currently. Mm-hmm. And then the next hour, I will answer all the emails in my inbox. And then maybe that final hour, if I'm setting aside X amount of time for work, will be working on drafting up that those yeah. proposals. Time blocking huge. I used gosh, to do that with my like whole business. A breath of fresh air. And that might even just be things that you do need to do in your everyday life. Errands you need to run or chores you need to do around the house yeah people you need to get back to (laughs) I mean yeah if those if you're that type of a person who gets overwhelmed with all the things that need to be done I think almost having that physical cross off the list yeah it's there's something satisfying about checking off your to-do list Mm -hmm. and once I do that I feel so much better and it's done and it's done. Yeah. And I take a deep breath and I move on. Yeah. Um, that's a huge thing. We looked up this um, article that's like, a, it's called 11 calming questions to ask yourself when you're feeling anxious, which these questions might be a good tool to use to kind of snap you back into like what's true and mm-hmm. and what's real in that, in that moment or what that specific that situation. On? It's on Bustle. Okay. I'll post it in the in the show notes but the first question is are my fears based in reality so a lot of times we create scenarios in our head which aren't necessarily real or true so have I created this story that isn't even going to happen Mm -hmm. Um, what evidence do I have for xyz Um, sometimes you're you're certain that something bad or embarrassing is going to happen or that you'll mess up but you actually don't have any evidence to support that you will you've just kind of again created this false reality right and then what is the best what is the best worst and most realistic scenario that's likely to play out have you ever seen this is us where him and do you watch this is us 
uh, here and there. I'm not like... Okay. Well, Beth and Randall play this game called Worst Case Scenario. And so if something bad's happening, they'll like say the worst possible thing that could happen from it. And so then whatever does happen doesn't seem as bad. And I love that they play yeah. that game. That's kind. Of, that's that question kind of reminds me from of that of what's the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm. based off what's going on. Yep. And then based on the past, how will I end up coping with this? So how have you gotten through things in the past, or how have anxiety-ridden situations actually panned out? Did it kill you? Was it the end of the world? Did you get through it? Kind of thing. Right. Um, am I actually going to mess up again? That overthinking of not focusing on who on your faults before they even happen, but instead knowing that you're maybe capable of getting through this. Yeah. Um, am I worrying just to worry? That's a big thing. It's mm-hmm. just another thing to do. Pull up another tab called worry. <laughs> Is my health actually in danger? That's huge because anxiety and mental illnesses can cause physical stress on your body. So yeah, as as you're dealing with these negative thoughts, find ways to process them in a healthy manner so that they don't physically attack you because it eventually stress, it's a hormone that physically cripples you. And mm-hmm. I, when I went to the dentist last week, they told me I should get a night guard. Because you grind your teeth? teeth? I grind my teeth too. I was like, oh, shocking. I knew I did. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, so. weird. I'm overthinking at night. <laughs> cool. In my sleep. Interesting. No big deal. Um, Eight is am I safe? Again, we create very unsafe scenarios when really we're in a perfectly safe situation. Ten, why am I feeling anxious? Identifying the source of your anxiety. And then eleven, what is the story that you're creating? Which is a huge Brene Mm -hmm. Brown um, lesson, which she is just incredible if you don't know Brene Brown. But she always says, what's true and what is the story you're telling yourself in this situation? Because we can create so many false narratives in our head that aren't based around any facts. Right. So I'll, I'll put this link in the show notes because it's it's actually a really good article. You should put it on the Facebook group. Too. In the Facebook group, yeah. I need to post in that. Um, and then I think we can kind of end with, with this devotional yeah. if you'd want. I read this devotional two days ago which I read at Soul last night, and I think it was just really applicable to obviously anxiety, but women in general of of overthinking. And so it's called Wipe Your Fears Away, and the, the verse is Psalm 56.3. And it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. One possible response to the truth that our anxiety is rooted in unbelief goes like this. I have to deal with feelings of anxiety almost every day, and so I feel like my faith in God's grace must be totally inadequate. So I wonder if I can have any assurance of being saved at all. My response to this concern is, suppose you are in a car race and your enemy, who doesn't want you to finish the race, throws mud on your windshield. The fact that you temporarily lose sight of your goal and start to swerve does not mean that you are going to quit that race. And it certainly doesn't mean that you are on the wrong racetrack. Otherwise, your competitor, your adversary, wouldn't bother you at all. What it means is that you should turn on your windshield wipers. When anxiety strikes and blurs our vision of God's glory and the greatness of our future that he has planned for us, this does not mean that we are faithless or that we will not make it to the end. It means our faith is being attacked. At first blow, our belief in God's promises may sputter and swerve, but whether we stay on track and make it to the finish line depends on whether, by grace, we set in motion a process of resistance. Whether we fight back against the unbelief of anxiety, will we turn on the windshield wipers? 
Psalm 56, 3 says, when I am afraid, I, tr- I put my trust in you. Notice it does not say, I never struggle with fear. Fear strikes and the battle begins. So the Bible does not assume that true believers will have no anxieties. Instead, the Bible tells us how to fight when they strike. It tells us how to turn on the windshield wipers. Mm. Isn't that good? That's really good. Because it's never promised that we're going to just have like this super faith-filled, you know, praise hands, everything's great kind of life. Right. It's it's guaranteed that we're going to struggle. And when we struggle, who do we put our faith in? And do we do we identify with fear or do we identify with truth? I think that's kind of a really good way to wrap this up. That is. Like what's true and what's false and stop believing in your fears. Turn on your windshield wipers. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have any announcements? Um, other than the giveaway... No, I don't think so. We still are trying to get to that 200 review goal by 2020. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review and five stars. Yep. After this. Um, Preferably five stars. That would be amazing. And yeah, I don't think. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. Keep checking out the app. It's awesome. It's less than a dollar a day. Oh, it's not an app. It's an online training program. Yes. Yeah. We're it's re- more than... It's more than just an app. It's an online training program. Yes. Um, I think that's where there, there's been a little bit of Yeah, because a lot of people see apps and they think, oh, I just download it for 99 cents. But this is like an actual training plan and Catherine, program like, written by me. I'm speaking to you and I'm I have videos. It's like you're training with me, but in your living room. So. Yes. Keep doing it. (laughs) Or do it if you haven't. (laughs) Okay, we love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.